Bum, 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 bum. It's cold outside, there's no kind of atmosphere, I'm all alone, more or less. Let me fly far away from here. Fun, fun, fun. In the sun, sun, sun. I want to lie, shipped, wrecked, and comatose, drinking fresh mango juice. Goldfish shows nibbling at my toes. Fun, fun, fun. In the sun, sun, sun. Fun, fun, fun. Hello, Smegheads! Welcome to another episode of Smegheads. Uh, my name is Jed Shepherd, and I'm Daniela Phillips. Yes, we're back again. <laughs> it has been nine months oh since goodness. we last did Smegheads. Oh my goodness! Holy moly! What? Have, why? Have, why has it taken so long for us <laughs> to do this? Because you are such a busy person, Jed. Yeah, we're we're both mega busy both yeah uh, we, we, <laughs> i we have no life to. i wanted to but um yeah i just haven't had a had a chance life does kind of get in the way sometimes how have you been daniela i have had a lot of dental dramas <laughs> yeah you're having like your mouth all like cut to ribbons or something yeah basically i'm gonna become a mechanoid <laughs> <laughs> it's like what mechanoids have just like messed i don't up know mouths. probably no, no, no real teeth i don't know that's true yeah you are, you are part cyborg yeah um so what's what's going to happen to your mouth <laughs> i'm sure the the good people that are listening don't want to hear about this but basically i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna have, go into hospital and have some of my my uh gum and teeth removed that's weird because i've heard of like getting your teeth out but getting your gum out I know, I know. I have an <laughs> overactive gum, apparently. Do you? Yes. Okay. Uh, and you, you kind of went into detail earlier on about just the, what they do to your your mouth. It sounds it sounds barbaric. Yeah, and I get to pay for the the privilege. And it's mega expensive. <laughs> this is London yes, dental work. Yes. Wow. Thanks, yep. NHS. Yeah. <laughs> um, Good times. Yeah, and um, uh, well, what have I been up to? Well, let's see. <laughs> Um, so I think since the last show I went to Sundance and it was really good if you've listened to any of the other kind of post-pop podcasts you would have he heard me talk about this but um, I went to Sundance uh, showed Dawn of the Deaf there it went really well probably done about 50 other festivals since then um, it's all all been good we're going to still make the feature sometime next year excellent um, and I've signed some kind of contract so that sounds good um, and then uh, we made uh, about a month ago made a new uh, short Ooh. film um, and that's called Salt. I'm just working out if I'm allowed to say it. It's called Salt, <laughs> and it stars Alice Lowe of Prevenge. Oh, and I like her. Goth Marine. I love Dark, Dark Place. Place. Yeah. yeah. Oh, trust me. I, ha I had a week of me giving, um, asking her questions about Dark Place. Oh, really? Like, and then what happened? And then what happened in this episode? Like, how did you do this? <laughs> um, so she's in it, and we also have um, her, her daughter's played by Bo Gadsden, who plays a uh, young Jin Erso in Star Wars Rogue One. Um, which is really cool. I'm <laughs> just looking at you blankly here. Like, have you seen Star Wars Rogue One? I saw the beginning. I had a nap <laughs> for about an hour, yeah. and then I woke up for the end. Okay, and well, I enjoyed the end. I didn't feel like I'd missed anything. Okay. And I could... Well, both at the beginning. She's the girl um, with the doll. She plays the young version. Oh yes, of, yeah, 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 with you. Uh, yeah. She's really cool. She she kind of got me up to date on what's happening in Dance Mums and uh, Vital. Yeah. So now I know all about that. Um, yeah, and it comes out. I can't say exactly when but the end of october on fox um during a certain program which i'm not allowed to talk about but it's going to be good it's going to be big probably 
the most high profile thing i'm very excited i'm gonna it's like gonna sky plus it it's gonna be big um yeah that's kind of what i've been up to just living living the dream really <laughs> it's been all right. yeah you've been living the dream Ooh, I had a number one with my record label um I, I i had a number one with royal blood which was kind of cool yes my friend is a massive massive fan of them like she's nice. obsessed with them oh, in, a, okay. in a good way that's but good. she loves them <laughs> that's good uh, yeah it's my first number one for well um well post-pop which is really good um but yeah what i've been really looking forward to is back doing smokeheads we've been pestered on Obviously. twitter from people saying why when smokeheads coming out when's the next smokeheads thanks guys yeah it's nice to feel wanted i know and i've been sitting at home nursing my bad teeth <laughs> um but yeah so this series this is series seven for us but we're doing series six of red dwarf and why just is that? to make it confusing it's quite confusing yeah <laughs> it's because we did uh series 11 of the new series uh, last um so that's why this is series seven for us but series six probably the most popular series Ooh. of red dwarf really yeah and just around the corner red dwarf 12 is going to happen sometime in october i can't remember the date but we're not far away from it um and yeah so let's talk about a season should we get straight on to it any yep, more admin no no that's people it. like the admin do they yeah. i can talk more about my teeth if you <laughs> no, want no, please, <laughs> i haven't got anything else don't. to talk about um well the, between series five and series six there was about 18 months okay um so it was a little bit of a break um and in that time they just come off the back of a really popular series mm. some of the best episodes of red dwarf ever yeah. um i mean i know we absolutely loved it yeah um really really loved it back to reality absolute favorite probably one of the best episodes i've ever seen why are you smiling it's all flooding back to me yeah, yeah. um so and also in between in between uh five and six the um u.s pilot came out oh the awful one yeah, the yeah. awful one. Um, so they had all of this in their minds, um, basically coming off a popular show, having the disappointment of the pilot not taking off. So that, that was all in their mind. Um, and also, this is the first series without Holly, without a Holly. Yes, because um, Holly's on Red Dwarf. Holly's on Red Dwarf and Red Dwarf has gone missing. It has. Um, so it's it's the whole series really about the the chase to get Red Dwarf back, mm. um, which, which is a great setup actually. Yeah, because it was kind of a bit different. A yes. bit, yeah. So um, quite interesting. Um, also, um, the we're just doing kind of an overview of the kind of series. Um, there's more cat in this series because um, they kind of wanted to give him a bigger part. So he wasn't isn't just like kind of the comic relief anymore. He's actually an integral part of the of the team really because he uses his cat senses to to drive Starbug. Mm. Um, and the fact that it's mostly all on Starbug is is brilliant because you kind of get sick of seeing the same old places on Red Dwarf. Do you miss the scutters though? Yeah, I mean that's the one thing you don't get the interaction <laughs> with the scutters, but they they do come back later. Okay, spoilers. good. Um, okay, so let's uh, get into this episode. It's called Sirens. Yes, um, and obviously everyone knows what sirens are. Yeah, they're from Homer's Odyssey, and they are the mythical creatures that kind of lull sailors to their deaths. Odysseus in particular well he yeah. he escaped them he was clever so but. what's the deal do they they sing or are they just beautiful like sailors they just are beautiful but they yeah. sing and their voice is what um lures the the sailors to to crash their ships I into the know. rocks but odysseus was clever and he okay. um 
I think he put some. I can't. My my, my Greek legend is yeah, legend. You read is like not, a million books. Tons more than <laughs> I can't remember if he tied himself to a mast or he um, yeah. he plugged his ears so he couldn't hear them. But he did something and he managed to escape them. This kind of sounds like exactly what I do want to hear Ed Sheeran. I find the nearest ship and tie myself to it, hoping that the ship will sink. Right. Okay. Um, and yeah, but like yeah. So they. I think the aim was for them to. Did sirens in 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 myth? Did they? eat the sailors or did they just want the sailors to die for some reason i can't remember but i don't think they ate um okay no i don't well i don't think i've only i've only read the odyssey and yeah. I, I i don't think I don't it went into what that. else the sirens are in besides that george Clooney movie um <laughs> so yeah so we've what we've got here is a kind of a play on on the greek myth and i think red dwarf is at its best when it's taken the big myths um out there and turn it into something quite sci-fi and and, and funny mm. and throughout this series series six you'll see elements of like mythology kind of spread throughout it yeah even in the next episode and i thought this was a really clever idea it was a really good spin on something yeah i think that's why i enjoyed it so yeah much. no you're right because i mean they're in a sh- they're technically in a ship yes. and they've always played upon the, the whole fact that they're, they're on a ship so it makes sense that there, there'd be a creature that kind of mirrors sirens mm. but these sirens aren't the kind of beautiful type well i guess they are at first um so what the these sirens do in in red dwarf is they pretend or they they're able to change their image to look like someone you really really fancy um and um and this is kind of manifested in well we'll come on to it in a bit but that's the kind of basic thing but what they really want to do is suck your brains out with a straw yeah uh which i think is a nice touch why do you think they chose a straw why not just like a long hard tentacle or something i don't know because they kind of look like beetles don't they yeah like slimy yeah bug things, bug things. yeah so i'm not quite sure why the straw i'm with you on that maybe this is quite tentacle. visual and it's maybe it's, it's we don't more... actually see see it though do we you kind of you hear kind of see, yeah you hear the yeah pop as it goes and it's like off, off to the side kind yeah. of weird view but um, <laughs> no. but we'll come on to to the kind of what they yeah. actually do um so let's at the start um lister wakes up so he's been in um in suspended animation for 200 years um in, in deep sleep um and basically Crichton wakes him up and tells him because uh, the reason why he's um been doing that is because he has uh it's, they, it's taken 200 years to catch up with red dwarf basically and red dwarf is not too far away um and in that time his hair and his nails have grown yeah um quite big now i know what i don't know if you if you thought this but i did i was like can your nails actually grow that big because his nails yes they can well yeah so i've looked into this okay i've done a bit of research i remember there was a um in one of the olympics there was a an american (laughs) runner yeah and she had such long nails that were that were long and curled round that she had to when she put her hands down for the starting um line instead of putting in a usual position she had to bend her her fingers around oh was she the south african woman frederica oh, kruger I d- oh i don't know i thought she was american okay. but um, this was a long time ago okay. i might have been mistaken <laughs> but i do okay. remember watching it and she had to bend her fingers around before she put them on the on that's the ground mental. i know Imagine being an athlete and having to do that yeah. surely that's not your, your optimal way to start a, a race i don't mm. know it's got to hold you back in some regard, hasn't it? It does, but maybe she's got a good like sponsorship deal with like Revlon or something. Revlon. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I was thinking OPI, but you know. What's OPI? OPI. It's um, 
nail varnish brand. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right, yeah. of course it of course it is. So I've looked into <laughs> I've looked into <laughs> Beauty Tips next week. Thank you very much. Um I've looked into how possible this is. And yeah, like you say, Daniel, it is possible. Mm-hmm. Um, um you basically your nails grow approximately an inch a month. Okay. Um, which is basically i think i've got that right yeah um and so basically over 200 years without if it doesn't break um your nails would grow to 2400 inches right um which equals 61 meters now we don't know if okay. the deep sleep kind of thing that that listen was in slows it down yeah because obviously it slowed down his age his aging or so maybe the nails were roughly a, a percentage of or maybe like every like year or something um it was, uh, Crichton might come and trim them or that's something true. and why didn't he like cut his hair and um yeah hmm. well like so i i kind of thought okay 61 meters imagine waking up and your nails were 61 meters um and to put this into perspective i went on this website called the measure of things of which, course you did have, have you seen this website no you basically put in any measurement and it'll tell you it'll compare it to, to what it's like uh, i use this all the time oh my god so if i put my weight in they'll be like <laughs> that's equivalent probably to crash it now i'm only joking right <gasps> so um the so um if Lister wasn't in the uh, deep sleep and his nails grew for 200 years, uh, so it was 61 metres, that equals 1.08 times the height of the Leaning Tower of Pisa. Okay. Nine-tenths as long as a wingspan of a 747. Mm-hmm. And about one-fifth times as tall as Nelson's column. Okay. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Pretty long. It's pretty darn long. What's the longest your nails have ever been? Um, well, I have a manicure every two to three weeks, so I know I don't never like to get it too long because they do break. Okay. Yeah. Do you ever have fake like, nails? No. They're okay. my, my real nails. Okay, they do look good. Thank you. Yeah, interesting colour. Thanks. It's like kind of almost the, the colour of your fingers. Yeah, they're kind of like a caramelly brown. Nice. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> Hides all the dirt under your under, It's like a, you know, modern professional. Ooh, I like it. <laughs> Um, you're looking very French today, by the way. Oh, okay, well. yeah, merci. Like yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, that's a great stat. So um, then Rimmer and Kat both uh, get out of the hibernation. Rimmer's been in a, his light bee's been frozen for 200 years, so that has to be thawed out. Um, and because like Lister's a bit scatty, he thinks Rimmer is, is, is his best friend and Crichton's like, you sick man. That, that was funny, I like that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this whole first scene is like just really, really funny. It's really memorable as well. And if you've never seen red dwarf before the great thing about this scene is you can this could be the very first episode you've seen of red dwarf and you would understand what's going on because yeah because you could it, come in at this level yeah. and be be fine exactly yeah. because Crichton kind of like relays back to him exactly what's happened so Crichton's given all the exposition yeah because he's the exposition droid um and he um tells him exactly what's going on um and yeah this, this could literally be the first episode you've ever seen and you'd be be fine um what did you think of the breakfast choices? Yeah, what did you think of the breakfast choices? Uh, disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. <laughs> um, but obviously they went they they went for the things that would kind of make you vilely sick. And Do, basically, it seems that Lister doesn't eat anything unless it's curry based. Yeah, and he's like, "This is funny tasting orange juice, and it's like curry sauce." Imagine. Oh. Imagine. Absolutely disgusting. Um, what's the weirdest thing that you've had for, you've had for breakfast? Oh, gosh. Because um, remember, a few seasons ago, I did try the um, triple fried egg chili t- chutney sandwich. And that... Um, I don't know if it's weird, but probably the most unusual thing I've had for breakfast is ice cream. 
Ice cream? Yeah. I mean, it's going to sound, but that's not kind of normal for me. Really? I, okay. I often like <laughs> go into a shop in the morning going, mm, yeah, a clipper would be quite good right now. <laughs> the a dead clipper. of winter. Yeah. <laughs> um, what about you? Uh, is it I, that is it that sandwich I think it's the triple fried egg chili chutney sandwich uh, but that was that a breakfast though um well it's a breakfast type breakfast mm. kind of meal mm. we maybe I had it for lunch but uh, i mean i would eat that again i loved it yeah okay. oh lovely um so uh we kind of have the explanation from Crichton that starbug is very very near to uh red dwarf that's why they've been uh woken up and uh what we see is a um or the, we get the explanation that the reason why they can catch up with it is because red dwarf has to go around this asteroid belt but because they're in starbug they yeah. can uh, move their way maneuver their way through the asteroids yeah. and meet it on the other side which is which is quite quite cool nice setup um problem is like within this asteroid belt you've got the sirens um and how they manifest um is they basically become the most attractive thing thing is this storyline has basically been done about four other times in red dwarf um aliens appearing to them yes yeah i got that the most attractive thing yeah so this is one of the reasons why but i guess it's an it's an easy setup having like four males yeah, kind of you're right. missing yeah. company yeah <laughs> it's true it's true and it would be like one of the main things on their mind i guess when they're out there so it kind of makes sense that this would manifest in this way um so how it how it does um manifest is the um lister sees well he sees anita dobson on the screen doesn't he uh playing captain tau but then he also sees Kristin kachansky yeah played by claire grogan and that, yep. that's the last time we see um claire uh, oh Peter is it okay. yeah because then chloe annette turns up um in a following uh, series um and yeah so and kachansky says on on screen that uh she's had a couple of babies yeah. and the listers um which i thought was great and that jim kind of, and bexley jim and bexley so it ties into uh the first series where he see future echoes where he sees those two babies so it all kind of like makes sense um and yeah we haven't seen kachansky since series two since stasis leak hmm. uh when we we see her and then but also she's played by um a stand-in right at the end in that last scene yeah. um i really like this setup of, of scenes with the sirens trying at different levels to fool the the crew yeah they're quite unrelenting yeah and i thought that they? the dialogue was really funny and sharp as well yeah. i really liked it i mean my favorite comment was um when he ca- i think lister ca- not lister um rimmer came back saying that um of course of course it was sirens it was plain as a bulgarian pinup <laughs> i like that <laughs> line great. it was funny that is really good i've met some great bulgarian girls in my time oh i bet you have yeah <laughs> um i haven't been to bulgaria though so i don't know what this i have stuff. And very nice place yeah can't, a... can't comment on the ladies i'm afraid and comment on their railway <laughs> <laughs> plane or was it was their railway pretty good railway is pretty good excellent. yeah excellent um so then we also so obviously lister wants to go down into that to the planetoid or wherever it is to kind of check out and save kachansky because like she's trying to lure him there um and also cat gets lured by some some hot girls as well and he wants to kind of like go down um so they they kind of um and an iron, and then they see a flaming meteor uh, that's coming towards them um, to Starbug, um, but there's no readings um, on the on the panel, so they kind of know it's a um, cat can't smell it. Cat can't smell it. More importantly, exactly. Yeah. yeah, you're right. So they know this isn't exactly um, legit, and it's just a 
um, some fakery from Simon. So not only can they um, change their image, but they can also change perception i guess yeah project kind of things which is quite Mm. unusual which is a new a new thing to me for for the siren mythology um but yeah so they kind of uh they hold it they wait it out and and the flaming meteor goes through starbug and they're justified in that but then another one turns up um and obviously it's a real one now yeah and it, it hits them and they crash down onto the planet and Wow, so they're, they're stuck there with these sirens. Mm, but not too much damage. No, of course not, because this is the first episode. So um, so Starbuck crashes onto this asteroid, um, and Lister obviously wants to, to get out there to, to check out Kachan- if Kachansky's there. Um, but what he, what he sees, the first thing he sees, he doesn't see Kachansky. He sees Pete Tranter, Tranter's sister. Yes. Yeah. Bit strange. Yeah, and <laughs> she is played by Samantha Robson. Um, who was later on in the bill and some other stuff i didn't recognize her yeah well she she doesn't look like she did later on to to be honest she looks obviously she's a bit younger in this um and yeah and even though he knows it isn't pete tranter's sister he can't help it because obviously (laughs) the sirens have pulled out from his brain the most the hottest memory he has and it's of pete tranter's sister um and it goes in for the full-on yeah and what we see as the viewer is not only him snogging uh, Lady Off the Bill, but also the, the big slug-like, yeah. slimy Gilbert thingy majig, um, and it's pretty gross. It looks it looks and it looks like it's covered in. Well, I think I, I saw something that it was um, agricultural KY jelly. What, what, right. What, what doctors? <laughs> what doctors? Kind of or veterinarians use to kind of examine cows and other animals oh, okay yeah so that's what they smother all over this so this must yep. be all over craig charles's face and nice um yeah it's a gross scene but like if you hear the audience reaction to it they are loving it this is like <laughs> this is like this this is like the scene in backwards with the boxer shorts they're going crazy they're uh bestiality fans <laughs> they are. is it bestiality when it's kind of an in- insect i think so Bestiality. Not ins- that I, I. I mean, <laughs> is there a fetish with guys? I, can is it is it uh, is it physically possible? We, if if the insect's big enough, one of these big, <laughs> or the man small enough? If, if, yeah, a small a small man like a midget. Um, not being I don't, <laughs> a, basically a midget and a stag beetle. Okay. Is, are they pretty big, the stag beetles? Though? Yeah. Oh, you get the, what's, there's the, that particular. Oh, there's those big stag beetles that are just as big as a dog. Oh, okay. Um, oh, I might have made that up. Or that might have been Photoshop know. or something. Um, but if but anyone, even if it's a big beetle, like the. <laughs> straight into really da- dodgy there territory. There must be thing. a way. I don't know. If, um, any, if anyone out there knows what it, what it is, <laughs> if someone has a sexual attraction to insects. Let us know on Twitter. <laughs> but also, that's what Lister has right now. Because he knows what he's doing. He knows it's something completely awful. Um, so this leads to the question. If you saw a siren, who would it be? Okay, there, there is there oh. is a <laughs> there is a phrase. Paraphilia is, is insects as sources of sexual arousal. Wow, paraphilia. Yes. Paraphilia. Insects as a source of, of sexual, sexual arousal. arousal. Wow. Okay. So this this is a paraphiliac's wet dream, slime dream. 
Um, that's particular Great, I'm, I'm really pleased to have um, found that out. Got, I'm sure I'm going to use Google it. Google Images now? No, I'm not. I'm not please, images. I'm me. not going onto images. <laughs> there is a <laughs> Huff Post article of 46 sexual fetishes you've never heard of. You are sick, Daniela. Please forward that to me immediately. <laughs> right, so um, we have got um, Lister and Petron's sister. Um, I'm lost at a wormhole now. Melisophia is the sexual fetish of bees, wasps and stinging insects. Wow, which kind of plays into the most recent series of American Horror Story. If you, uh, oh, I have not. I'm only on the hotel up to hotels. So. Oh, that hotel's not that good. And then Roanoke's not that good either. Oh, okay. But I'm, I'm really, really loving um, this season. Okay. Because it's about the elections and stuff. Okay. And Trump fans versus okay. Hillary fans. Okay. Um, and loads of clowns as well. It's really good. Um, anyway. Yeah, so just when you think Lister's done for, he's saved by what he thinks is Crichton. Um, but it's really not Crichton. It's a. Which I thought was a really, really strange manoeuvre. Why? Because he hadn't clocked that it wasn't. It was a siren. Yeah, um, I love that you but, used the word clocked, by the way. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yet the siren killed one of their own for no apparent reason. Well, maybe. Well, if you imagine, it's it's like survival of the fittest. There's probably not probably slim pickings in that aspect. Okay, belt. so you think that siren's killing the other siren because they want to suck his brain yeah. <laughs> yeah i wonder where you're going with that but yeah, yeah that's exactly what's I think, what's happened. so it's just like, like animals in the, in the animal kingdom they will fight okay. each other to get to get their prey. i thought they might team up and share but they're not living in a communist society are you talking about paraphilia again this is absolutely <laughs> disgusting we've started season seven of smokers like in a, in, a, in a weird way um, welcome back <laughs> So, um, so yeah, so the, the Crichton siren murders the Petranta sister siren in order to steal Lister. But then um, he kind of gives the game away because he calls him Dave. And obviously we all know that never Crichton him never calls him Dave, always no. calls him Sir. Um, and then Lister kills him. Um, what, how would you be able, because then there's a whole scene with um, two Listers on, on Starbug. Yes, yeah. Which is, a, which is a really good scene. Yeah, and, uh, very clever. Cards on the table. Uh, this isn't my favourite Red Dwarf episode by a long shot. And for no. me, this is probably the maybe the weakest of Series 6. Oh, because really? Because Series 6 for me is really, really strong. Um, up there with Series 5 and 3 as the, the best you can get, I think, for yep. Red Dwarf. Um, but this this particular episode, n- not so much. Uh, but this particular scene, yeah. Okay. Amazing. So obviously they are. there's two listers. And you get this in a lot of sci-fi films, things like The Thing, when you have to decide yeah. which one is... And it actually, in the new series of Red Dwarf, they do it again, when they have to decide which one's the real crew member, which one's the alien. Yes, yep. So um, how do they do that? They test him. Um, well, the only thing that they know how, they ask him um, to play the guitar. And the real list is like, what, you want me to play like in front of you guys and they're like yeah so because the siren has uh, r- r- uh lister's personality um and manifests that the that particular siren or that particular person who we don't know as a siren yet can actually play the guitar really well because it's lister's projection yeah. of how he thinks he can he play. thinks he can play the guitar really well yeah. so therefore the siren plays it very well plays it very well and that was um that it was someone's hand it was it was a guitarist from roxy music's hands oh really through yeah put through lister's sleeves basically love roxy music oh roxy music so good um put through his sleeves and there's him playing the guitar but they originally wanted brian may i think it's quite a a well-known fact that they wanted brian may to do it and he wants to do it as well but the timers didn't work out 
But that's why Anita Dobson's in this episode, because obviously she's married to, to Brian May. Oh, yes. Um, so, yeah. So, obviously, they, they straight away fire at the one that can play well, because Lister cannot play the guitar, um, and kills him. And Lister's like, how did you know that wasn't me? And then uh, they're like, because he can play guitar. And then Lister demonstrates just how terrible he is by um, playing like a really kind of awful basic riff. Yeah. Um, which isn't good at all. Um, yeah, what would you do if there was two jets? How would you know it was a real me? What would you say? <sighs> what question would I ask you? You yeah. mean, mm-hmm. oh my goodness, because like, I haven't seen you for ages, so I could be, I could have killed the you real could have been a siren, yeah, you could be a siren, I could be a siren. Okay, so, uh. <laughs> It's oh difficult. my goodness because I I'm, don't I think know I'm, Because I'm quite erratic anyway And I've done all this weird <laughs> stuff in the meantime You you wouldn't have any idea No I this wouldn't the thing. And like um, This kind of plays up Okay po- what do you want for dessert? Ooh. Oh okay I see what you're going here If I say cake then you kill me Yes Yeah exactly Because everyone, as everyone knows Cake is the worst thing on <laughs> earth It is worse than most things Um <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, this kind of plays on the idea that the kind of like instinct and natural fear that we have in humans of um, the unknown. Um, and there's that particular um, paranoia um, syndrome where you can't recognize like your wife, your friends as them and you you think they're being taken over. Um, yeah. What's that called again? That's There's a certain kind of syndrome yeah, for that. So I can't remember that either. Yeah. And that's kind of a, a more extreme version of like the natural instinct that humans have. Um where we feel like we're alone in the world and i think it's just just a great way to to portray this um so yeah so um the siren has, has been killed but then uh we see the siren le- uh runs off uh, to the engine room um and Crichton goes off to kind of fight Crichton and Rimmer goes off to find uh the siren um and Rimmer's light be turns off so we, that's the end of Rimmer I guess they, they just wanted to find a way to get Crichton alone um and what Crichton sees is um the siren turns into Professor Mamet played by the lovely Jenny Agatha um and uh, Professor Mamet is Crichton's uh creator and um i love jenny agatha do you, do you know jenny agatha stuff i do i she yeah. was in the go-between what's the go-between the go-between <laughs> i'm not was it railway children she was in the railway children well, she's, not, she, she's not in the go-between i don't know go-between? what i'm talking about <laughs> <What's the go-between? laughs> it's, a based on, it's a film based on a book okay um, she might have been in that as well but she was in the railway children children but when i first saw her it was in school when it was wet play they used to put on <laughs> sorry it's julie christie i was getting confused oh i can julie see christie. i can see kind of why the yeah. same kind of era um yeah she was in walkabout which for me is just an epic, epic i've never film. seen it oh it's so good starts off with a with a um a dad in driving his kids through the desert stops the car um uh, tries to kill tries to shoot at them at his own kids and then kills himself in his car so so Jenny Agatha and her little brother are by themselves in this in the desert Australia so, it's gonna say it's set in Australia isn't it I don't I like, so don't like good. films in Australia this is like it's really dreamlike it's very is it Neil Jordan who directed it it's very dreamlike and it's just really amazing and I can't believe they let us watch it in school um 
that's that's uh, South London school. There's, there's a lot of questions that need to be asked about your school, though, Jed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just add to the list. Oh, I forgot. I'm not allowed to mention school. <laughs> Another school <laughs> story. Oh no. Um, yeah, so we um, so we get uh, Professor Mamet um, and and Jenny Agatha tries to entice Crichton. Um, and do you know what? Like Crichton being a mechanical, he doesn't. I know he's broke his programming, but he shouldn't really fall for human kind of flaws really he shouldn't the siren shouldn't be able to because he hasn't got a human he should brain. be above that you mean Un- untreatable. Yeah, exactly um unsirenable or whatever the word is um so but, but he does and he has to obey her commands and she's like put your head into the trash compactor and he ends up obey- like a cube mm. essentially um which is which comes back into play later on where he finally pushed that final siren um over a cavern basically and uh and yeah that's essentially this episode yeah i I quite liked it yeah i quite liked it too it's not it's not my favorite but it's nowhere near in the bottom i enjoyed it i like the whole premise of having sirens trying to lure them into danger yeah and the great thing about this is just it looked really good i think the special effects were really really good good. um even the siren siren costume looks suitably Mm. like grotesque yeah um the actor like anita dobson for all of her kind of flaws of being in eastenders i thought she in in the few seconds she was in this she was good again jenny agatha is just just massive it's great (laughs) and i think the crew have never been as good as they've been in series six of red dwarf um just their interactions with each other rimmer is particularly annoying um but everyone was kind of on an equal sort of place there was no like real standout they all had their their parts to play yeah totally right you're totally right um but yeah so um basically we see uh starbug go off um out of the um the uh asteroid asteroid belt. belt back on the search for for red dwarf yeah um the search continues the search does continue and i just think this is a i mean i know what the red dwarf usually does is they film all the episodes and then decide which one's first okay um but i think this one was quite obvious yeah this is a classic first episode yeah Yeah. and lister had to be woken up um so this had to be the first one so there was Mm. no kind of doubt about it um and the fact that they don't have holly in this i think is a really good thing yeah it's fine yeah because <laughs> i think having Crichton and holly in the same show at the same time it 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 reduces the power of at least one of them uh because you only need one of them to be the exposition to tell you exactly what's going on you don't need both of them yeah i'm not a massive fan of holly so i was fine with it really yeah do you know holly's coming back in in series 12 in the new series i think you told me this yeah, yeah. um so that's going to be very interesting indeed um this was uh first broadcast um on 7th of october so we're nearly bang up on, on the date the anniversary uh, yeah in 1993 um and obviously the uh ratings of red dwarf were going up and up by this time it was it was it was a cultural hit by this point everyone knew about it um everyone around it was one of the best british kind of received comedies of, of its time um and do you think it's aged um it's a, oh, it's a difficult question to answer. Yeah. Um, if I was seeing this for the first time, yeah. Um, because obviously I hadn't seen it for a long, long time. But as I was watching it, I remember, mm-hmm. I remember watching it in the past, and I remembered certain bits of it, but not all. I think if I was watching it afresh, it yeah. would probably have aged. But as I'm sort of coming back to it from. Yeah 
past knowledge mm -hmm. it it felt good and fresh to me yeah it's like seeing it's like seeing like an old friend it's like um like you yeah, exactly. <laughs> eight months yeah it, it, it's a bit a bit like that um because i think we are we are slightly tainted by the fact that we have we're doing this podcast for one um and we're, <laughs> we're tainted for life <laughs> yeah, now can't get work like anywhere else but i wonder what it would be like you said if someone came into it fresh yeah. and this was yeah. the first episode you ever yeah. saw would there be enough here for you to kind of want to watch more and i think um the answer to that is probably yes because there's a set journey like because the, the small criticism for the first five seasons of red dwarf is they're meant to be going trying to go back to earth you yeah. never really yeah. hear it in a few episodes what their, their actual mission's trying to do at least in star trek you get the mission statement right up yep. top in this one perfect right up top you get they're trying to find red dwarf they've actually got something to do which i think is great and this is for me why series six is such a standout for me and probably the best best series um because of that because wow. there, there is there is um some urgency and some agency okay um yeah and that's really it what we're going to do at the end of all six episodes then we can come up with uh where it sits in the okay the that makes sense yeah just because we don't want to um confuse me yeah I was gonna say <laughs> it doesn't take load, a lot yeah um yeah and that's really it so we're gonna try and keep these a bit more shorter than the ra long rambles than we, that we used to do <laughs> in the previous series um because itunes say the optimal time is 40 minutes so this will okay. be around that time okay um but yeah so are we looking forward to next week next i can't week wait is legion legion yeah um which is going to be interesting because some people at the time i absolutely hated it I didn't think it was, I didn't think it was great. Mm. Now we'll see. Okay. We will see. Um so all that Stay tuned till next week. Yeah. So um Daniela? Yes. I will see you next week. Hopefully it won't be another <laughs> eight months till I see you. Um so if you if you guys enjoyed this episode or have anything to say about series six or this episode in particular, let us know on Twitter. I'm at Jed Shepherd, J E D S H E P H E R D. And Daniela? I'm at Daniela with one L Phillips. <laughs> Daniela with one L Phillips. <laughs> Haven't heard that for so long. Um, yeah, and if you guys uh, want to uh, tell us any more about any insect uh sexually, <laughs> send us some photos. Please, send Daniela some photos. Daniela with one L. Um, and yeah, we'll see you guys next week. See you later, Megheads. Bye. Bye.